0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the No Duh Podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Gothilius. I'm a former baseball writer and current baseball podcaster who happens to love pop culture. But I especially love the pop culture for my formative years. And just in case you were wondering when that was, they span from August 1974 when I was born through the late 90s when I first started working in New York City. So I decided to start a podcast about all things 70s, 80s, and 90s. TV shows, music. Movies, sports, pop culture, anything your little hearts desire. I figured us Gen Xers are left out of a lot of things, and we needed our own podcast. So let's get all the business out of the way. You can find me on Twitter at Stace Gots, where I talk about everything from baseball to obscure 80s movies and TV shows. I also do a weekly top 40 countdown as Stacey Kasem. I know, so clever. They're actually a lot of fun, and people seem to enjoy them, and I enjoy doing them. So again, stay Scots on Twitter. I have a Patreon set up for this podcast. Just go to patreon.com slash all one word, all lowercase. I have goals and tiers and rewards set up. Honestly, I have big ideas for this podcast, and I need some help to achieve them. Again, it's patreon.com slash So it's been a while since I've recorded an episode of No Duh, and I'm really excited for this because I was joined by one of my good friends, Mike Gianella of Baseball Prospectus. He is also a fan of all things 80s, but especially TV shows. You will hear us talk about a lot of different shows, sports, music, and more. We actually talk so much, I'm splitting our conversation into two episodes, so look out for part two of our conversation next week. So, without further ado, here is episode four of the No Duh podcast.
1: We're not going to talk about nuclear war tonight, are? we?
0: <laughs> no, no.
1: <laughs> I did. I don't know if you saw. I just tweeted about America the miniseries. I I'm always fascinated oh when it God. comes to the eighties oh
0: of. I can tell you where I was when I was watching it. I was. We were on vacation in Florida when that was on.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I was home. I, I don't. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if I was like on vacation watching stuff because I know that has certainly happened. Mm-hmm. Something I remember, so I think you know this my my dad's like my dad's from Argentina. Mm-hmm. And I remember going down there like as as a as a kid or a teenager and seeing like American shows mm-hmm. you know in like you know, spanish. and but they were they were like subtitled. So obviously I understood. You know what they were saying once in a while. They were dubbed though, and it was just funny because I had seen the episode of like the Six Million Dollar Man, for example, which down there was called El Hombre Nuclear. Because I and I was I asked my dad, "Why is that?" He's like, "Well, it's because of you know million you know American million dollars and pesos don't really translate. It wouldn't make sense, you know, for it to be the hundred you know million peso man." (laughs) So I was like, "Oh, I was like, oh, okay." But yeah, it's it's. I remember the thing about being in Argentina. There was like Circus of the Stars. They had one of those. And it wasn't dubbed that it was like, oh, it was dubbed, but the songs were in English. And I was like, oh, okay, they're singing in English now. And then it went back to being dubbed in Spanish. (laughs) I think it was the Osmonds, if I, like, one of them would, if I remember correctly.
0: That's so funny. I miss all that stuff. Like, I miss the uh, Battle of the Network Stars and Circus of the Stars. And because, you know, there were only three channels at that point. So (laughs) it was easy for them to do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I... you know, and we can talk about this when we get going. Like that—that's just in general. Like one of the things I—I I mean, I feel bad for the actors because you know it used to be. Like I remember Sherman H- Hemsley talking about like how you know pretty much he got no points. Like syndication didn't work that way, so that's part of why he did Amen and part of why he had to keep working and had to do commercials. Mm-hmm. Like like Fr- Friends and Seinfeld, obviously, the way they they structure those deals, those shows could have been successful like four or five years, and they they would have lived off that forever. Right. And I, I, I miss like the eighties, like in the summer, remember they were, they'd have like cheesy TV movies and you'd have actors like Marklin Baker, like doing them. Cause he's like, well, like I need to cash in now and I can cash in. Like I, I know. And you know, Marklin Baker was right. Like, I know that like, I'm not going to be making money off of perfect strangers or at least, you know, tons of money off of it, like forever and ever. Right. Yeah.
0: I loved all that stuff. I, yeah. uh,
1: I know it was a fun, it was a fun decade, which is why I want to talk about it. I, <laughs> and I, you know, now we're old enough that I think there's people under a certain age that probably look back at it like, what? Like, really? Like, I, I think about how spoiled I am. Like, I don't have cable anymore. I, I cut the cord. Like, but between like, you know, Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and whatever else, like I can pretty much watch whatever I want, whatever I want. And I don't have to watch commercials and I don't, there's no like, but some of that stuff was fun. Like Like some of that stuff was just, just great.
0: Oh, I was watching, you know, people put up on YouTube just commercial breaks from the
1: 80s. Oh, yeah, I love those.
0: Oh, this is one of my favorite things to watch because, you know, you <sighs> see certain commercials. <laughs> And you're like, oh yeah, okay, I remember that. And then you see another one, we're like, oh my god, I totally remember that. Like you forgot it existed, and then when mm-hmm. you watch, completely. Yeah.
1: You. Well, <laughs> yeah, like we're we're both from the New York area. Like so, some of the local ones, you know, there's the obvious ones like Crazy Eddie, but you know, even like the Nobody Beats the Whiz, Nobody yeah. Beats the Whiz. We're like, oh my god, well, like I
0: Ritz, the Ritz thrift shop with the lady with the fur that was that aired. 75 uh, oh, yeah. Seventy five, nineteen eighty nine.
1: Uh, and then there were the then there were the radio commercials. There was the one for what was it? Oh, you're this because you said like uh, for Sims, uh, where like the owners would like kind of talk, and it was usually the wife. And like there was one where she was on a cruise, and someone was talking about like a deal they got on a, a fur, or a coat. And she gives this long lecture about how it actually wasn't the best deal, even though it was the cheapest. And like, as a kid, you're like, what? Like, what, what is this commercial? Like, who, who would who would stick around for a full minute of this, like, discussion about the, you know, the code industry? Like, I, I don't get it.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Oh, Sims and NBO and. All oh, yeah. stores.
1: Uh, yep. Walter, wow. ba- Walter Bauman Jewelers. Oh, I'm sure we remember that jingle. Yeah.
0: Was it Nymark and Lewis? Dick that Lewis I, is watching. That one, I, that one I don't
1: know if I remember, huh?
0: It was always Dick Lewis is watching, and I'm like, what is he watching?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, what's the the one I was thinking about was the the Honda commercial, the the guy, the car that sells itself. Oh yes, but that's, that's I still like go go back and and look for, and I can't find all of them. Like I, there's one clip on YouTube where there's some of them, but. It because there were a lot of commercials and like I there's a couple that I always remember it's like, oh I can't find that one. Like I wish it were I wish it were up. Cause yeah, th- those commercials, like the one with the wife where he's dreaming about selling cars and the wife wakes him up and you know, the one where he's like the, the guy's pretty much showing himself the car and he's trying to sell it and the guy's just like you know, the, the customer's like, I'll take it. And and the salesperson's frustrated. Yeah. And then uh Joe Azuzu. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, that was David Leisure, right? The yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And then he, uh, yeah, he was on a couple of, he parlayed that into a couple of TV appearances. Oh, yeah,
0: he was on um, Empty Nest, wasn't he?
1: Yes, that yeah. was the big thing for him. But yeah, he, he, he did a couple of guest spots like on other shows as a result of that. But yeah, Empty Nest was his big, I think my mom watched that because I think she was a Golden, well, she was a Golden Girls fan. And I think she wound up watching some of Empty Nest as a result.
0: I did too. I loved Golden Girls and I did I did watch both of those shows.
1: I think I think all women in a large age group loved Golden Girls. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's a great show. And I mean, now when I watch it, I laugh at all the sexual innuendo that I kind of didn't get.
1: Oh yeah. That, that's yeah. Yeah. My wife's like a couple of years younger than you and I think she's gone through that too, where like she's watched it and she's like, Oh, like yeah, I I get it.
0: Yeah, it's like I get it now. Okay. That's that
1: makes sense. By the way, you reminded me because I've been watching stuff on like Hulu, like like Drake is in like every Canadian show. Like it it's just ridiculous how many Canadian shows he was in like early in his, you know, career before he was, you know, a superstar. Well,
0: he was you know, I have to say he was really good in Degrassi and his character was, you know, because I didn't watch The Next Generation when it was on. I may have caught like a few episodes just because I wanted to see the older people from Old Degrassi on it and see how they you know, work them into the show, but I didn't watch it all the time because it was on like Friday night- nights and, you know, I was going out in my twenties and thirties, early thirties. So I wasn't really, oh. you know, staying at home to watch it. And I have to say, you know, he did a pretty good job with the show and his character was actually a really good character. He was a like a good kid, you know, cause some of the uh-huh. characters were, like total shitheads and um, yeah. he was really good, but he got thrown off the show basically because he would be doing his music at night and doing the show all day and the producers were like, "Well, you got to pick one." And he's like, "All right, I'm going to pick the music." They're like, "Okay." And they didn't even like really write him off. He just
1: disappeared. Oh, so it was one of those situations where you're like, "What? Like why yeah, did that happen?"
0: seasons and then suddenly Jimmy wasn't there anymore and there was no real explanation as to why he wasn't there anymore.
1: Yeah, now now I feel like that that's a more common it's funny because I always think about the 80s. Like that was a more common thing back then where Like a character would just kind of disappear, and you'd be like, What? Like, wh- why oh, like
0: Chuck Cunningham? You
1: know, yeah, <laughs> or there, there was what was I was thinking about Perfect Strangers, like you know, the whole when they pretty much retooled it, and like Mr. Twink casetti disappeared, and they weren't working in the store. And I mean, they they kind of explained him not working in the store, but like everybody just disappeared. We're like, What? Like, why? Yeah, that's
0: a lot in a lot of 80s shows when they would figure out like certain characters people didn't like them, so they would just get rid of them yeah explanation
1: (laughs) i i feel like it's a little they do they they started doing a better job with that like for the most part i well i always have the the theory with about this i I always think like so every year like we as a family we watch like the whole not so much now my kids are older but like rudolph you know and it's funny because like it's so bad and it's so inconsistent and people made the point to me it's like well it's because there wasn't like DVR and you know there wasn't like you know this wasn't they didn't expect this to last like years later so there was no consistency and that's kind of true of a lot of 80s shows too like I don't think they thought that people you know 30 years later would be dissecting you know, a season three episode of Growing Pains to be like, huh, well, why? how come Mike Seaver, you know, likes, you know, this and this episode, but a season later he hates it? Like, that makes no sense. It's like, well, I mean, it was just a TV show that they were, you know, trying to fill the airwaves for 23 episodes. I don't think they were really thinking it was going to, you know, last or have any kind of, you know, I chose probably a bad example, but I I don't think they thought it would last or have any kind of posterity.
0: Right, and, you know, a lot of the times, they didn't care about continuity and it, you're yeah. right. Like there would be certain shows where a season later, someone would be doing something completely opposite of how they were the season before. And you'd be yep. like, the
1: hell's happening here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that's something you notice, I think more as a kid, like when you watch things like as an adult or, you know, like when I remember watching some of my parents, like they would almost be looking at me like, why, how do you even remember that? And as you get older, it's like, well, I, I, don't nearly rem- have that recall that I used to have, where it's like, wait a minute. Like, wh- why, you know, how come this character is suddenly friends with this character? They hated each other. Right. Yeah.
0: And, well, another thing with that is, sometimes they probably just didn't want to get more friends cast. Mm. Like, they didn't want to put more people on the show and just figured, okay, we'll just make them friends. No one's going to care.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. No, that, that that makes sense. and I mean, that that's... That's some of it too. And then you know, once in a while, you had a show like The Wonder Years, like which for the most part was pretty consistent and I, I think some of it was just because like a, a show like that was more like was more plot driven, was more character driven, was less episodic and, and more of an arc. So like that kind of stuff like like mattered yeah. whereas a sitcom where everything was standalone mm-hmm. and it didn't matter what happened from like one episode to the other. They they just didn't care. They're like, okay, well, it's clearly just not going to be a thing for our our audience,
0: right? And and with like you had mentioned Friends earlier and all the money they made, but what I noticed with Friends because I watched from the beginning and then it kind of petered out at the end, and then I watched like yeah. the last couple of episodes just to see how they would finish everything. But I've been watching old clips of Friends and noticing how cartoonish the characters got toward the end right you know where like joey was so dumb that i actually ended up hating him by the end of the show because he was just so stupid i wanted to like bash his head into a wall and you know monica with her uh craziness and her ocd like you know it was kind of funny in the beginning but then she got like really like out of control nuts and Mm. ross being just yeah
1: he had had anger management issues too if i remember and Like they tried to play that up for laughs. And yeah, he just seemed like so erratic by the Mm -hmm. end. Well, and I I have a theory of, I I think you're right. And I think that happens in most shows where, so the first season or two, they struggle to come, come up with the characters and then they nail it or they do this good job. But then the writers, especially like the second or third generation of writers are like, okay, this is Joey's thing. This is Rachel's thing. This is Ross's thing. And they keep going to the well and they stop developing the characters further. And you just, yeah, you just wind up, like, thinking, like, oh, these these characters are awful. Like, another show, like, How I you Met Your brothers like that. Like, by the end, like, all those characters, like, people say, oh, those characters are awful. It's like, well, yeah, I don't think they started out awful. I just think they wound up being written that way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. That happens on... A
0: lot of shows especially if they're on for a long time because you get yeah. to a point where how many things could I, we actually
1: write about these people <laughs> yeah every, every show should probably end after five or six seasons and i i, I understand why they don't like it's a lot of money like if, if some network was offering me like that money to keep going i probably would keep going too yeah. but yeah as, as a viewer it's like uh, I, I don't know if i can really sit through you know, season nine of of this show, and like even Seinfeld, which I love, like the last couple of seasons, it was like, yeah, like it was. There were some great episodes, and there were some where you're there like, there
0: were some uh, really bad ones, yeah.
1: Yeah, you're some. You're like, uh, okay, like it, it's just kind of the same stuff over and over again. I'm kind of glad that you know Jerry Seinfeld. You know, just the, the other actors were signed for a tenth season. He was like, nah. He's like, I I, I think we're done.
0: Yeah, it was a good choice. Um, yes. I'm trying to think of other shows that were on cuz that would be an interesting topic to talk
1: about for another show. Like what shows do you think were on too long? <laughs> well, I could be that could be a lot of them. I mean, yeah. I I I don't know like like a show I a show well, interestingly enough, a show like that I think ended in the early 90s but was really an 80s show, which is like New Heart. Mm. So so New Heart I, I didn't realize this until recently. Did do you, do you did you watch that show? Eh,
0: on and off. I okay. would occasionally catch it.
1: So, so the first two seasons, like before they, you know, introduced like Larry, Daryl, and Daryl, and before they introduced, uh, you know, Stephanie, Julia Duffy's character, sure, and my, you know, Peter Scolari you know, from *Bosom Buddies*, you know, Michael Harris. There, there was like a different contingent of actors. Like there was a different maid, and there was this guy Kirk who whose character was just awful and the show the first couple seasons like as, as funny as bob newhart is like it just really didn't work and that show as a result i think was still going strong at the end but only because the first two seasons were i, I hate to say it like they, they just weren't good like and, it, and they were actually bad like they were kind of hard to watch and i think it was if, if, if it wasn't bob Newhart it was a nobody they probably would have canceled it they were like yeah we're, we're not going to keep going with this, but you know, they they kept going because it was new part. They're like, well, we we have, you know, this star here and we can make this work, but we really need to, you know, fix what's what's going on. And I think once they had Julia Duffy in season two, that was the beginning of it. And then once they added like the whole Larry Daryl and Darrell shtick, I think they realized they had something like, all right, well let's let's just go. Like let's let's run with this. And the great thing about that show is it didn't have to be consistent at all because it was kind of I don't want to say slapstick, but it definitely was more of a goofy You know, off the wall kind of show wasn't really a plot-driven. You know, it wasn't a plot-oriented show. Right. Yeah.
0: And then you have the shows that um, you knew that they were on too long when they added a kid to the cast to try
1: and light things up. Oh my god! Yeah, like the (laughs) the Cosby. Yeah, Fresh Prince. Like you, you. Well, Fresh Prince had the weird thing where they they had the baby, and then the baby all of a sudden was I don't remember what age the next season. And they made a joke about it, but you're like, okay. Yeah, growing
0: family ties too, didn't it?
1: Yep. Yeah. Family ties added a kid. Well, you know what? I I didn't mind so much if the kid was, if it was a birth. Like you're like, okay. Like that, that that happens.
0: Yeah, right. She was pregnant in real life. So, but it was, it
1: was weird when it was like an adoption or it was like a situation where somebody moves in or, you know, something like, okay. I mean, I know this sometimes happens, but it's like such a go to, like you're saying, Stacey, for every show where it's like, I, I, I really can't believe that you're going to, you know, keep keep drawing at this, you know, drawing at this well. Like, can't you do something else
0: like different strokes? Because Arnold got too old. So then they brought in that little redhead kid, Sam, it's
1: Sam. Yeah. And That's right. oh,
0: I couldn't stand that character.
1: <laughs> I, well, I, I feel like the Brady Bunch was the first one with what was it? Oliver. Oh, that that. that Oliver. That yeah. was that. That was the template for that, where you know it's like, all right, let let's bring in a cute kid. And you're right, it's like, eh, it just doesn't really doesn't really work. They
0: even did that on Who's the Boss,
1: mm-hmm. right? I think so.
0: Yeah, towards the end, I think they brought in a kid because I didn't oh. really watch it at the end. I watched it more in the beginning, and then I, you know, my taste changed. Yeah, and,
1: same and, same here.
0: Like once the '90s hit, I was all about Beverly Hills 90210 anyway, and that was basically
1: <laughs> one of the only shows I would ever watch. So. Yeah, I, I think my like twelve or thirteen year old crush on Alyssa Milano didn't really go away, but the show itself was was like you know it's like eh, you know like insane. what? what, what... <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to see now if there was a a cute kid. Um, yeah, that, by the by the way, there's there's a dubious story that my my wife's ex boy college boyfriend allegedly auditioned for the the Danny Pintaro role, but but he's 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 full of shit. Not Danny Pintaro, my my wife's ex so we all kind of we all kind of doubt that happened
0: (laughs) well speaking of Alyssa I could probably get her on here because she wanted me to write for her website and I was going to and then I got into my writing funk where I wasn't writing so um but yeah the fact that she asked me to write something for her site was like what so (laughs) I think she would do this for me so I might ask her we talk about stuff I would really love to talk to her about um not even just who's the boss but like what it was like to be a teen star in the 80s because, like, you know, I used to buy all those magazines
1: Mm -hmm. with,
0: you know, like Tiger Beat and Bop and Teen Beat and every other thing. And, you know, like in fourth fourth and fifth grade, I loved Jason Bateman. Like when Silver Spoons was on, I loved Jason Bateman. Everyone else
1: liked Ricky Schroeder. Oh, but I liked him too. So, like, we – and I don't know if you're going to splice this in, but we were going to talk about It's Your Move. Mm. And, like, I I remember, like, Silver Spoons, like, when that first came on, I was probably at the cusp of being young enough to, to, like, like it or or watch it. But I very quickly went from, like, you know, thinking, oh, it's a fun show. Yeah, to pretty much just looking forward to Jason Bateman and thinking, like, oh, he's hilarious. And the rest Mm -hmm. of the show is, like, cheesy, like, you know, kiddie fare. And he's got some edge. And you can kind of tell the edge was kind of muted because it was Silver Spoons. But despite that, like, yeah, he just shone through. Like, you know, he, he shined through. Like, he was he was great. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then when, it, when It's Your Move came on, like, I remember loving that show. And even at the time thinking, yeah, I can tell by the way that this is set up. It's almost not going to last. Like, it just felt like they the, – I forget what network it was on, but they jerked it around. And, you know, it just wasn't like – it didn't have the support that it seemed to need. But that, yeah. that, show, that show was brilliant.
0: It really was. I rewatched it a few years ago because someone – kindly uploaded all the episodes to YouTube and I rewatched them and I was just like, Oh my God. Now I remember why I love the show.
1: So. That, that show really, that, the funny thing is like with the exception of maybe one or two episodes mm-hmm. and, and it was on for a year. So it wasn't, you know, and it, it wasn't even a full season. I think, I think, I'm looking now maybe I'm well, wrong what
0: was there was a Reagan address that cut off one of the episodes and then they stopped airing it after that, or they didn't air it until like two months later. Something weird happened.
1: That that show is that show. I mean, not, not in terms of the star power because, because, because freaks and geeks had more eventual stars, but that show was kind of the freaks and geeks of its, of its decade where it was just this really good show and it just disappeared. And, Years later, people came back to it, like you said, like they, they discovered it on YouTube or elsewhere, like, holy crap, like this this show was ahead of its time. Like it had this sharp wit that doesn't fit into the 80s, like a show like Family Ties, for example, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. That show was softer, like that show didn't really have the same element of like acerbic wit. Like there, there were some good jokes, but it just wasn't on that, that level.
0: Right, right. And Jason Bateman was the one who could
1: pull that off. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He, yeah. he was, I mean, he still can, but yeah, he, he was just so
0: Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: as a, as a kid too. I mean, that's, that's the thing about that. That's, that's funny too. Like he's, he was born in 1969. So when that show was on, like he was essentially, he was 15 years old. Like when that show started, like that's, that's incredible to, to think about.
0: It's, it's funny. I'm, I'm remembering um, my CCD binder. I had, black and white pictures of jason bateman from all the teen magazines taped to my ccd binder that year
1: <laughs> <laughs> i remember i remember ccd
0: yeah
1: <laughs> I'm, I, I'm also old i'm old enough to remember and this like kind of boggles people's minds like i i could remember when the the, the church still was kind of about social justice and wasn't all like just like what the political right is now and they still they still were like we should help the poor and we should do this and we should do that and and now i mean that's part of the church's mission but they don't you don't hear about it as much like Mm -hmm. like, it's all political right yeah
0: man things were so much better in the 80s no i'm kidding um
1: in some ways in some ways yes I mean, things seem simpler. I I definitely like watching my kids now with, with everything on the internet, like there's such a flood for them. Like it's just almost too much. Like I feel like being a parent back then would have been easier because it was would have been easier to navigate or control information. Oh sure. Like my, my parents just turn off the TV. Nope, you can't watch this. And at that <laughs> be- point you're like, all right, well, I guess that's it. Like I I guess there's no way for me to get to this entertainment. Like now, with my kids, like I can take their computer and I can take my older one's phone, but like eventually it's like, well, they're still going to get to the content. Like right. even if it's a day or two later, like I, unless I take it away forever, like that, that's the thing about TV too. and and like the whole idea that if you had an event, like I, I always remember, you know, on a very special episode of you know whatever. Well, yeah, because you weren't going to see it again for who knows how long. Like, I always, when when people ask, like, you know, what's it like to be old or the difference between then and now? And like you were talking about people in their 20s who it's like, oh, you know, I remember when TikTok didn't exist. It's like, "Eh, whatever. (laughs) You know, for, for us, it's like, well, I can remember, like, if a movie came out, you know, having to wait for it to come to see it again to come out on VHS or come out on cable. And even then, like you might not get to see it depending on when it came out, or like what you know, if if you had to rent a VHS or if the VHS wasn't available. Yeah, now it's like, okay, if I want to watch a movie, I, yes, I have to pay for it sometimes, but I can just go to on demand and watch a movie. Like there's no, there's never any like I can't do this. Like I can do whatever I want. Like there's there's just no, it's all instant gratification. Like that is something I kind of miss as odd as it sounds. Like I kind of miss that. That wait, like that idea, of like ooh, I can't wait to watch this episode of this, or I can't wait to watch this movie, or I can't wait for this album. Like that's, I mean, there's still some or, of that. I can't wait but... to
0: sit outside Ticketmaster and wait for concert tickets.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was that was another one, yeah, where you're like, I'm gonna wait for tickets, you know, and I'm gonna go see this concert, even though I'm not allowed to. What What was your first concert? I, I know we've talked about this.
0: I saw U2 on May 13th, 1987 at the Brendan Byrne Arena and Lone Justice opened up for them.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah, my, my wife is a huge U2 fan. So she would, I think her first concert was, I think, on the Octung tour. Um, for, for me, my first concert was Madison Square Garden. And it was like early 80s. I think it was like 83 or 84. I was like 12 or 13. And it was the beastie boys opening for run dmc like this is when so when they booked that tour the beasties still i think were coming up like they Mm -hmm. hadn't had a single yet and then after they had booked the tour and after the tour after the tour had happened at that point like like fight for your right to party was like their big hit Mm -hmm. so it was like one of those things where like i think had they had a choice they might have reversed it like they were already ascendant but yeah, it was like a great concert. Like whenever I tell people like, "Oh my god, that was your first concert?" like that's that's such a cool thing." I'm like, "Yeah, it was a pretty pretty cool concert for me to get to go to, you know, and it was I think my dad was very strict, but I think he was out of town, he traveled on business a lot and like I begged and begged and begged my mom and she's like, "Okay, if you go with your friend and, you know, if if, you know, this happens and that happens, you can go." And I'm like, "Oh, well, great. I'm I'm there." <laughs>
0: Well, I got the tickets through my cousin who worked at a record company where my uncle worked. And he said to me, he goes, I know that you wanted Bon Jovi tickets and I couldn't get them, but I got you you two tickets. Would you want to go see them? I'm like, sure. I'm like, yes. So my 16 year old next door neighbor who had just gotten her license drove me down to Brendan Burn Arena and dressed me up, tried to make me look older But, you know, I was 12, flat chested, really skinny, didn't, there was no way that anyone would think I was older than 12. Yet, a couple of guys that she was talking to, because she was, my next door neighbor was really pretty, and guys were always hitting on her. And this one guy, like, was, like, flirting with me. And I was like, I looked at him, I'm like, I'm 12. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm 12. He's like, oh, and I like, stepped away. He's
1: He's probably, yeah, he's, like, running away, like, yeah, okay, no, no, no. (laughs)
0: yeah but my uh, mom let me go with my 16 year old neighbor like unbelievable
1: yeah again it was a it was a different time like I I can't imagine like well I remember I'm sure you remember this too like I I remember like playing outside like in my neighborhood all day right and in a lot of places why I have friends like so my mom was a homemaker so this didn't happen but I had friends whose parents both worked and pretty much like it was like just in in the summer, if they couldn't afford camp, it's like just go outside and play. Mm-hmm. Like, go go outside and play. All that. there's other kids in the neighborhood. Like there's parents around. Like I can't imagine that now. But yeah, I just remember like going outside to play and like just like you said, like playing all day unless it was raining. You know, otherwise I was I was outside.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. We um, our neighborhood. We're in a cul de sac with a court and a road, but it mm-hmm. basically it's like a T. And there's sixteen houses in the neighborhood. And at one point, 14 of the houses had pools. And we would just go from pool to pool to pool to pool, to pool yeah.
1: all day. I grew up I grew up in a court too, although it was not pool heavy. There there were people like on the, the there was a horseshoe street behind us. Mm-hmm. Like it was a long horseshoe and that's where the pools were. But yeah, it was was a similar thing. Like we I grew up in a court, there were a lot of kids and there was a the, the court was off a really busy street. But yeah, I just remember like playing in the court all day. It was it was great.
0: Well, our, uh, we had block parties, uh, when we first moved here, it was 1978. So mm-hmm. in
1: 79
0: and 80, we had block parties at the end of the court and the fathers got together and put together an adjustable basketball net to put on the light post. And it worked on a pulley where you could pull it down. So like the kids could play and we wouldn't have to jump up 10 feet in the air and then they'd pull it, pull it back up. So the adults would play and that thing was up on that light post for like 10 years so we played basketball there we play kick the can kick the can was a big one did you ever play kick the can
1: i think a couple times as, as a kid yeah but not it wasn't wasn't like a go-to
0: oh yeah see that was our thing because then the neighborhood boys would be try to be perverts with us and try to have us like kiss and stuff and we were like 10 i'm like get off me oh
1: god <laughs> Yeah, the girls that I grew up with. Uh, were, were the Were the boy Were the boys like your age? Yes. Oh, okay. They were all crazy. Because uh. we talk about this
0: all the time. The girls that I grew up with, they're like, "Oh my God, they were so young and such perverts." I'm like, "Yeah."
1: <laughs> I mean the worst the worst thing that I ever did is I remember finding like some discarded playboys like you know around that age like it like that had been thrown out like in a someone had dumped them and I remember looking at them. That's probably like the worst thing I did, oh. and it was. Yeah, oh, that was pretty. I... That was pretty innocent.
0: <laughs> oh no, I have a story. Um, one of my friends whose parents were working, but she was like a latchkey kid, so she was home by herself. <laughs> we went into her parents' room. There were like four of us, uh, two girls, two boys. We were probably seven, maybe eight at the time, and <laughs> we found a porn tape. <laughs> put it into uh... parents' top-loading VCR, pressed play, and we we're watching. And we we're like, ew. <laughs>
1: That did that. see, that, that stuff didn't happen until I was in college. It like, was not like, I, I must have been pretty sheltered. But something for me, you know, I, I was so into sports. Oh, yeah. That that was pretty much all we did growing up. Like the, the thing about the court is we played baseball. Like we set up bases. We played street hockey. There was like a, a park, Hampton Park, which was like about a mile up the road. We used to go there to play basketball and tennis because there was like a basketball court and a tennis court. Like I, I mean, I can't speak for everybody I, I grew up with, but. Yeah, we we were just all about the sports. Like that well, was our, you thing. know, we
0: played wiffle ball a lot. We played kickball a lot.
1: Oh yeah, we did that too. We played kickball.
0: Yeah, like kickball was a big thing. And you know, with the basketball court, we'd play basketball and um, stuff like that. But yeah, that was um, and it was bad. Like seventies porn. So everyone was just really hairy, and we were like, <laughs> like, like, what are we watching? Like, what is this?
1: <laughs> so bad. Yeah, you're, i think you're you're right about the hair I'm, yeah
0: <laughs> yeah there's one thing we don't need to go back to from the 80s
1: <laughs> i think i think in general like just just back then like the the lack of care you know just, just and I, it's probably gone too far like people are probably too but my wife mentions this all the time like when you watch a show on the 80s like people who were perfectly normal looking and attractive wouldn't make the cut today because they look too normal quite honestly like that that's like women especially and you know that's a big problem like that i
0: was actually talking about this to my mom because i said if you took someone from the 80s and brought them into the 2020s and they saw all these people with perfectly white capped teeth Uh uh-huh and you know the duck lips and the perfectly smooth faces in their 50s because people in the 80s looked like their age
1: yeah Oh, yeah. There was like that whole thread on Twitter going around where they were like showing pictures of, you know, actors, you know, from way back when in their 40s and 50s and like actors now, you know, in their 40s and 50s. And that's exactly it where it's like, oh, my God, like it's just people used to just age. Yeah. Actors used to age. And yeah, now you look at somebody like Brad Pitt and you're like, wait, what? He's 50. What is he? 56? Yeah. It up now and it's like there, there's like back then it'd be like well there's no way he's 56 and, and you yeah he is 56 i was right and, and you always have a couple of you always had a couple of people like that like back then like one or two like people who were anomalies but yeah now it's now it's a norm
0: yeah it's it's really you know well you know because i've told you how much i loved 80s general hospital so you know a lot of people have clips on youtube and you see the people and you're just like oh yeah their teeth aren't perfectly white they're not perfectly straight mm-hmm. and these people were considered very good looking back then you know women would be fawning all over them and you know just
1: like you know I was talking about perfect strangers before and I'm I'm, I'm somewhat obsessed with perfect strangers and we could do a whole thing on that but and, and <laughs> I'm obsessed with someone who didn't like it like it by the way but like someone like Marklin Baker like there, there's no way in terms of how he looks that he would have made it today like there's just not it's just not really possible. And yes, I, I know it's it's easier for men than for women, and you know we both know that. But but even by that standard, like I feel like somebody like that just wouldn't have passed today. Like he wouldn't have gotten through.
0: Right, unless he was playing the geeky next door neighbor, pain in the ass guy.
1: But yeah. he wouldn't be
0: like a main character on a show.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, the, the guy I'm thinking of is the the actor on the on the show Love. Um, yeah. But, but he, like, you know, he, like, wrote, you know, he he's like the writer. you know, he kind of wrote or co-wrote the show as well, which is well, that's is why he was, yeah, <laughs> part of it. Like, I, I don't think you could just be an actor without that additional talent or or that, you know, impetus and and get away with it
0: right. like there's there's no way that someone with that knows, <laughs> no offense yeah. to him. But yeah, no, watching that show, it's just like, yeah, no, he definitely wrote this because that's the, right, only,
1: right, right. That's
0: the only way he could be this character.
1: <laughs> Did yeah. that
0: show annoy you as much as it annoyed me yet? I watched every single episode.
1: You know, I, I was annoyed by it at first, but I kind of got like drawn into it. Like I found, I found some of, some of the aspects of it interesting, like in particular, like sort of the difficulties that he had in terms of, like trying to project himself as more important than he was. Like I was fascinated by that whole storyline. Mm-hmm. I was. It was one of the shows I was annoyed about, but also liked, if that makes any sense.
0: That was like me. Yeah. You know, I mean, there were aspects of it. Like it was kind of funny that I couldn't stand the two main characters, but I liked the supporting cast and
1: mm-hmm. thought that
0: the Australian roommate was hilarious. I liked her. Um, the guy, uh, the wrestler guy, the guy that was really into wrestling. I liked him. Um, but yeah, like, you know, and when it ended, I was like, all right.
1: (laughs) Were you a, were you a cheers? Were you a cheers fan getting back to the eighties
0: on and off? And I did I actually,
1: I love that show
0: taped the finale. I taped the finale of cheers of Cosby. And what was the third show that ended in 93 that I used to watch? There were three shows that ended in 1993 (laughs) that I taped the finales for and I can't remember one, but cheers was
1: one of them. I have to look it up because I'm, I'm not. I have a good memory, but not specifically.
0: Maybe life uh, goes on because I liked that show. Okay, show. yeah, that show
1: was that, that show was good. Show was good. Yeah. I was gonna say I was gonna say Night Court, but Night Court ended in 1992.
0: You know, I didn't really watch Night Court, and I don't know why, because it seemed like it would be right up my alley.
1: That show, that show was really good. Although, based on what we're, you know, going back, to what we were talking about before, it was probably on for a couple seasons too long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was like by season nine, it was just kind of the same thing over and over and over again. Like, that long, wow. Yeah, it was on for it was on for nine years. Do you, do you remember the Thirty Rock callback to Night Court? Do you remember that yeah. episode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that yeah, was that, great.
1: That was that was great. Yeah, how they incorporated you know the the, <laughs> the show within the show and the universe within the universe. I I just rewatched Thirty Rock. I just went through all of that, and it's the first time in years I had. I had watched; it was good because the last season of it, or last season or two of Thirty Rock, I had barely had remembered. So it was nice to kind of go back and, you know, and look at that.
0: Yeah, I loved that show. I yeah,
1: uh, it was really good.
0: Well, I was working at NBC at the time, and oh, okay. The two shows that were out that season were Thirty Rock and Studio sixty on Sunset, the uh,
1: Sorkin show. Oh, I remember that show. I, I've seen people, you know, criticize that show. <laughs>
0: I was so angry at that show because I wanted it to be good. And it yeah, just
1: everybody did.
0: didn't reach the level that I wanted it to reach. And at the upfronts, you know, people were like, oh, Studio 60, will will make it. 30 Rock's definitely not going to make it. And then 30 mm-hmm. Rock went on to do seven seasons and Studio 60 only lasted one.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then, and then there's shows like, so let me ask you, you know, and to kind of get back to the 80s, like, is there a show for you that lasted a season besides it's your move we talked about that is there a show that lasted like a season or two that you're like oh my god like i'm still annoyed that this show didn't make it
0: oh square pegs
1: okay that's a good one
0: yeah i liked that show
1: i was it's funny i was thinking about a show i still reference this um it was actually an early 90s show it was on fox and it was called bakersfield pd um it, it and um Giancarlo Giancarlo Esposito and Ron Ron Eldred were the stars of the show and it was a fish out of water show but basically Giancarlo was like an LA cop who went to Bakersfield which was like pretty much all white or mostly white yeah. and it was him dealing with racism as a cop like in the pilot episode he's basically busting somebody and he gets arrested <laughs> and it's great because you know Giancarlo Esposito is, you know, an amazing actor, you know, breaking bad and you know, you, you could rattle off his his whole career. Um, but it was just such a funny, like dark kind of show. And it was just one of those like shows ahead of its time you know, we're talking about your move. Like, and I was just so I, it was one of those shows I knew was gonna get canceled, and it was a similar thing, like didn't make it through a whole season. It was 17 episodes, and I'm still bitter that it that it didn't go on more than you know, more than that one year. Right yeah
0: any other shows from the 80s that were like that for me because i you know i watched so many different things
1: like um Oh me I, too
0: i watched nighttime soaps with my mom like i watched dallas and falcon crest i didn't watch dynasty and i didn't watch knots landing it was the channel two shows or uh, cbs shows that i oh. watched
1: I, I do. I do that too. I still say two, four, and seven, and people yeah. look at me like what? Of course, I'm i in the Philly area now, just to let your listeners know. So you know, here's three, six, and ten. But yeah, I, I, at this point, it's like I I just say the networks. But yeah, I still have that habit. I'm telling people in New York, it's like it's like code switching for people from the New York area. We still say two, four, and seven for CBS, NBC, and ABC. <laughs>
0: so funny. I uh, well, I used to work with uh, WCAU. Okay. Yeah. The. NBC O and O
1: down in Philly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I recently, I I said I cut the cord. So I I recently did the thing where I bought the antenna and scammed for the channels. And the only reason I know those call letters is because now that I have the antenna, like when I flip back to on the rare occasion, I watch regular TV. That's, that's what comes up is is (laughs) (laughs) WCAU. That's funny. You
0: know, and I watched, um. Dukes of Hazard. I love that show. Oh
1: yeah, my, that was more my brother's show, and yeah, my brother—he's a year older than you, so it makes sense. Like he was born in '73, so yeah, he he loved the Dukes, and I I loved it too. But by the way, you know, just a tidbit, and I know I've mentioned this on Twitter. We we go back a long way, by the way, on Twitter. Like you we do, you, you you were like I, I, I don't embarrass you, but you're almost like a celebrity when I joined. Like you had all these followers, and I was like, oh my god, like what what the hell? And Then I found your account, and I was like, it's great, but. This was back when I would tweet even more off the wall stuff than I do now. Um, and, and kind of veered into the puns and, and whatnot. But I noticed that you know Wikipedia is is a gold mine. And the entry for boss hog from Wikipedia it is is amazing. Like it it it's you know, it, it's one of those like things at the top. This article's is multiple issues. I hope they never change it. Because <laughs> I it it's this long, long entry about like it kind of talks about the actor, um Sorrel Brook book, who people love apparently. Like if you hear people talk about him, he was this beloved like actor. Like he was this beloved radio actor and stage actor before he you know did the Dukes of Hazard. And everybody who worked with him was like, you know, he's he's a gentleman. He's terrific like he's you know, he's amazing. Like he's, he gives, you know, all this stuff, but like the, the entry in Wikipedia is just so incredible. Like it's written in this way that just passionately describes like boss hog and it goes on and on. Like like what, what sense here, Sorrel Book was only slightly overweight at best. He wore padding under his suit to give Boss his familiar 62-inch waist. And, of course, it says, citation needed. <laughs> and then, although the sentence before that, every morning, Boss hog would drink coffee and eat raw liver. A seen of the pilot episode, One-Armed Bandits. And several later episodes, method actor Sorrel Book actually ate the raw liver. <laughs> it, it's. You, you have to yeah check out the entry. It's It is... It is terrific. Like, every paragraph is is gold. That's amazing. Yeah.
0: I'm looking at the... I like the stereotypical villainous glutton. Almost always wore an all-white suit with a white cowboy hat and regularly smoked cigars.
1: Yep. And then he had a... I don't know if you saw this episode. So he had a... I think it was an identical twin who, of course, was played by the same actor. Yes. Named... Named Abraham Lincoln Hogg, right? Who appeared in one episode, which again, according to the Wikipedia entry, was called Baba White Sheep. So so here so here's my question about this: is that you have these parents in this deep southern town, which you know, if you watch the Duke's hazard, was very stereotypical. Why would they name one son, you know, what they did, and then name the other one? You know, it was, you know, J.D. for, you know, Jefferson, Jefferson Davis. Davis yeah. Why would you name the other one Abraham Lincoln in the Deep South? Like, I I don't <laughs> understand. Like, was one parent like a secret northerner or secretly like, well, like, I agree with Abraham Lincoln. And, you know, I, this is the way I'm going to stick it to my husband. Like, what what was the deal there? Like, what what happened?
0: Yeah. Like, why wouldn't he be named like Robert E. Lee or something?
1: Yeah. I mean it clearly was just for the show, and, and clearly to have a you know, foil for, for, the, for boss Hog. And again, it, go, it goes back to what we're talking about. Like, there, there were these one-offs in, in shows that never made any sense. Like, did, did you watch Night Rider? Uh, yes. Like, I, I just remember on Night Rider, so and this was true for the A-team too. So the A-team had guns, but the A-team was famous for the fact that like, when they shot guns, like nobody ever got shot. Right, like they, they would hit something twenty feet away, yes. and there there'd be this like, and it was great in terms of the way it was filmed and the cinematography. There'd be people like flipping in the air and explosions, and you know people flying away from the explosion, and it looked amazing, but it you know wasn't real obviously because if you know as, as we sadly know say you know if you shoot at people that there's you're know, going to be carnage. So a Night Rider it was even one step further. Like there usually weren't guns. And it was just this weird thing of like, well, it, it kind of makes it easier if if you don't have guns. There was an episode where David Hasselhoff, someone's like, all right, kill him, you know, or you know, kill Michael Knight. But they, there's not somebody with a gun. There was like a construction, like a, a backhoe, and they were trying to bury him alive. And it's like, well this really isn't going to work. Like you, you need to knock him out. Like you can't just try to literally bury him alive as he's running away from the backhoe. It, <laughs> it, it just doesn't. I, I know. I, it, it, and again, it goes back to that inconsistency. Like nobody really thinks these things through.
0: They, uh, I
1: was watching a Knight Rider episode. Um,
0: Jesus. And it was recent. I can't even really remember what was happening, but I do remember that someone was flying
1: a helicopter and trying to kill him. by. I remember that episode. I don't remember what the plot was, but I remember that.
0: It was something about a rich woman. There was a rich woman who lived on like this, on land or something.
1: I don't remember, but yeah. This sounds sounds really familiar. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: And, you know, the helicopter like swooped over him and I think he was near a pool. So did he fall into a pool or someone else fell into the pool? I can't remember, but yeah. Um, But you mentioned the A-Team. I have a very vivid memory of third grade because the A-Team started in um, January of 83. So we were all really into it. Like we just loved it off the bat. And for our spring concert, we were in our classroom while everyone else was performing, waiting to perform, watching the A-Team. And we Kind of missed our cue, <laughs> and uh, they came uh, down out to the classroom to yell at us. So we're like, well, "We want to watch. We want to see how the AT ends." And we didn't because they had to drag us down to the stage
1: so we could do our uh, our song. Was that a show that that premiered after the Super Bowl, or am I misremembering that?
0: Well, it was January. January.
1: January twenty third. Yeah. I just looked it up. I mean, I mm-hmm. again, I have the advantage of the internet, so. Oh, that the, was that was the, the first, first yeah, the
0: first regular episode aired after Super Bowl 17.
1: That was the yeah, I don't remember the numbers at this point, but I think if that was 83, that was after the strike year. So that was the that was the first I think that was the first Bengals Niners Super Bowl, if I remember correctly. So that wasn't Boomer, but that was like Ken Anderson. Wow. Yeah. See, yeah. I, I remember things off of sports. Like people are like, wow, your memory is so good. Like I, I kind of back up off of sports and that's how I, like now at this point, like that I'm old and my brain is out. Like I I can remember like, and you probably remember was the baseball fan. I used to be able to rattle off like all the world series teams and kind of go back like pretty far. Oh,
0: my God, I was talking about this with my brother the other day, because I used to be able to recite all the world series winners from a certain mm-hmm. point to mm-hmm. present day. And now my brain is like, Nope. <laughs>
1: Well, I can I could remember like in, and this is like a fantasy baseball thing too. I can remember like in the early nineties being able to rattle off like lineups for every team, like off memory. Wow. And, and now there's or at least starting lineups, even if even not the order, like you know, who the starters were. Mm-hmm. Now I, I can't do that. Like now I have to look at like roster resource. Like I I can probably remember a few teams or yeah, I'm I'm a Mets fan, yeah, I can remember the Mets, but like I, I can't remember all 30 teams. Like that's you know, I, I have to look and be like, wait is this guy still starting? Like what's, what's going on?
0: Right. But yeah, God, we love the A-team so much. That was so funny.
1: I just remember getting in trouble for it. (laughs) That, that show, that show was a, that show was a lot of fun.
0: It really was. I hope you all enjoyed this trip down memory lane. Once again, I'd like to thank Mike Gianella for the wonderful and fun conversation. As I said at the top of the podcast, part two will be up next week. So until then, stay awesome.